Seltzer Kings podcasts. Hi, everybody. I am Joe Welke. I am Vance. And we are the hosts of Boys Watching Buffy, a podcast where we go through every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the first time and give our review and reactions. So come join two men who call themselves boys experiencing Sunnydale and the Buffyverse for the very first time. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you can find podcasts. Hey everyone, it's Corey from the Bradshaw Boys. And before we get into the episode, I wanna tell you about something fun we're doing. Where you can win a crazy, insane prize. We are hosting a tournament of the 64 best significant others in Sex and the City, and you can play along with us and win some amazing prizes. Welcome to March Bradness. That's right, it's just like the college basketball tournament, March Madness, but more competitive and all about sex in the city. So we've heard about Big versus Aiden, but what about everyone else? Big Bone Tom versus Bill Kelly, the city councilman. Schmuel versus Steve Brady. Skipper versus Capote Duncan. We've created a bracket matching up the boyfriends against each other, and we've come up with a system to decide who will win these matchups. The winners will be chosen by rolling dice, not by opinion, by fate, just as Carrie Bradshaw would have wanted it. We got all this under control and we want you to play along with us. It's gonna be fun. Here's how. Step one, fill out the bracket. Go to our Instagram or the notes in this podcast and click on the link to download the bracket. You can fill it out using Microsoft Paint, the preview app on Mac, Photoshop, Google Docs. You can print it out and handwrite it, do whatever. Fill out who you think would win each matchup. You do it just like a March Madness bracket, okay? Send it back to us, fully filled out. You can email us a picture at the Bradshaw Boys NYC at Gmail. You can send us a picture on Instagram. And then if you want to play for prizes, PayPal us $5 at the Bradshaw Boys NYC at gmail.com. All proceeds will go to Kristen Davis's favorite charity, the Shelter Trust. Now here's the great part. The person who ends up with the most accurate bracket wins. And then what do you win? The winner gets a personalized voicemail message from the queen of the Upper East Side herself, Charlotte York. That's right. Kristen Davis will send you a personalized voicemail greeting for you to put on your phone. How insane is that? That's crazy. So get your brackets in. We will start the tournament matchups this Friday. That's right. We're starting the tournament matchups Friday, March 20th. Get your brackets in. Also, right now we're doing a nightly live watch of Sex and the City episodes. That's Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. on Instagram Live. We're going live from the Bradshaw Boys Instagram, 9 p.m. We're watching an episode together. You can join in the chat. We're going to have some fun guests there. We're doing that Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Me, John, and Kevin will all be there answering your questions and talking about Sex and the City and rewatching fun episodes that we love with you. It'll be great. Uh, also, we got a Patreon channel. We got three episodes up there, and we're going to be adding more. It's cheap. And it's just more great Sex and the City content for you. Patreon.com, The Bradshaw Boys. I hope you're ready for March Bradness. It's going to be super fun. Get your brackets in. One of you is going to win a personalized voicemail from Kristen Davis. And we can't wait for this tournament. All right. Enjoy the episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. You're now listening to The Bradshaw Boys 
podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series, Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even a cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys watch their way through sex in the city for the first time ever, mostly. I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. My name is John Sieber. And our guest today, we're so excited to have her, is the comedian and actress, Courtney Peroso. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank Thanks you so much for doing here. this. I was, I was telling you off air, but I think it's worth mentioning on air. Um, Kevin saw your show in Edinburgh. Scotland. Scotland mm-hmm. uh, at the Fringe Festival. The show is called Gutter, Gutter Plum. Plum. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he texted us like immediately after seeing it and was like, I don't care how you and Corey have to see this show. And so you came to New York um, a couple months ago? November, yeah. November. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Corey and I went with our friend Harlan and our friend Alex. And I have been telling people there's been two things that transformed my life in 2019. One of them was reading Moby Dick for the first time, and the second was seeing your show. The amount of creativity that, and how funny it was and just how imaginative it was, it was one of, if not the best thing I've ever seen live. And thank I'm being you so much. That's, that's crazy. That thing, but thank you. I, really, I mean, it means a lot. And thanks for coming to it in Edinburgh and telling people about it's it. Of course. There's a big group of people we, outside of the four of us that Kevin went. Cause you saw it, did you see it again in New York? Or, yeah, or I saw Lydia? it again in New York. Yeah, it's we just, had friends go see it. It was just, it's, yeah, it was amazing. My question is, uh, people always are like, why? Tell me what it's about. And I'm like, okay, I'm, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, and I like try to start doing it. I'm like, uh, and then, um, and I like just try to explain it and like all the different facets that are really cool about it. But how, how would you describe your show in a, in a, I like an elevator pitch? Like um, what, what is it? What is going It's a hard question for me to answer too. Also because I made it like not knowing what it would be. It kind of became that just mm-hmm. by trying little parts cause it's so physical and mm-hmm. yeah. anyway, so, uh, but I guess I would say it's like a clown show that like explores like a woman's life through from like puberty through death yeah and uh but it's that it's like very stupid (laughs) on purpose stupid in a good way because it's like uh yeah well it's the best of both worlds that it's like it's like the most base hilarious humor and with depth that it's like that's always what i want like i love just the dumbest silly pratfall jokes and then it's saying something like it did it hit all the marks for me yeah. it's yeah. so Thank good you. i think it, it showcased y- your talent in such an extraordinary way there's physical elements there's like an entire improv improv like you are up on stage with a different stranger every day for the majority yeah. of the show it's really deep emotionally mm-hmm. there's a part yeah. where you're singing and we're just like oh man this is hitting heavy and then there's a part where you're literally playing air guitar on your like your Old pubic gray yeah, pubic yeah. hair. It's like, <laughs> it's like okay, not mine. It's yeah, fake. It's yeah. fake but it's like, <laughs> I was actually just repairing my Merkin before I Are came you here. Serious? <laughs> but it's like, like, doing a show it's like the journey that you take people on that show is such a wild ride, very much like a woman's life, and it's yeah. just like, thank you, man. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Corey and I talk sometimes about like being years and years into like doing comedy and being an adult and like you're like moving apartments and then you just have like a bunch oh. of props from an old show and you're like 
try and feel like an adult but then you're also like i was why do i have this yeah <laughs> yeah for like one of my for a birthday like i was like oh the weirdest part about turning 35 and doing comedy in new york is having to like go to your job and also move a gorilla suit and clown wigs out of your apartment. <laughs> I re- I just had to move and I totally relate. Also, you guys saw me pull up with like a bloody yoga ball in the back of my car. And yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Your show. It's not I, normal. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. I, we, we had seen the show. So we're like, oh yeah, we know that. Yeah. We know, yeah, yeah, know yeah. That I had a friend, I was like parking the other day and my friend rolled up behind me after I got out and he was like, I saw a yoga ball in the back and I was like, I wonder if that's Courtney. And it was you. <laughs> so I like truly have a clown car. It's pretty that's on the nose. Really funny. <laughs> what got you into clowning? And, and and for those listeners, this isn't like I mean you can maybe explain the difference between clowning, but this isn't like you wearing it's not Ronald like, McDonald and it's not, and it's not juggling on a unicycle. No, I I would if I could, but, but I can't yeah. juggle or uh, or ride a unicycle. Um uh I mean I I haven't been doing it for that long, but I think uh, it's like you're and rather than like if you're in a sketch, like there's a fourth wall and you're you're doing that. Whereas a clown is like always like open to the audience, mm. which is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I think like something that I connected with it like early on is that it's kind of like about like the clown always fails. Like it's mm-hmm. about failure and that like when you go on stage, you're like ready to fail big and like take big risks. Mm. And that only in that like area where you're like, wait, is this bad? Can it actually be great? Mm -hmm. Which Mm -hmm. is like, kind of like, I guess it sounds kind of like hippie bullshit, but, but it kind of like, uh, it like got me out of like a stage fright. Like I was having like about a stage fright and it was just like, who fucking cares? Like I'm going to go out there and be dumb as hell. And then you find these moments of like actual beauty. Like Mm. I think it's a little more earnest than like uh, other types of comedy or I, that's where I like it. I think it's it. I would always, watching the few your show multiple times it's like it's like the second time was way i was way less anxious because the first time it's like this tightrope that you're just like you're just nervous you're like is this person in control and then the second time i'm like oh you're we're putty in your hands and it's like making everyone in that uncomfortable spot and you have them the whole time and that's like with with being with the audience it's like you train your sensitivity like i'm pushing the limits but not in a way like I'm I'm also listening to you and if you don't mm-hmm. like something like I might push you back a little bit but you know I'm like trying to listen yeah do you feel yeah. like when you were planning it or like making the show because you said you did it out of kind of a lot of little bits uh-huh. was there a feeling of like <laughs> like fear and exhilaration of like oh my gosh I'm going to get on stage and do this thing and this might be terrible oh. but then also was that exciting like totally I yeah. mean I did like I, when I was making the show, I just like got 25 hours at the theater that I work out of. So I, and I just had tons of workshop shows. Um, and I mean, that makes it exciting to mm-hmm. like go out and be like, Oh, I'm going to, f- I can't wait to get to this part where something crazy is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But also I had so many bad ideas that failed miserably and it's like embarrassing, but that's yeah. part of it, you know, like yeah. to be, to be open to that. That's what one of, cause I primarily do stand up, and whenever I like having an emotional part of the stand-up that can be slightly serious. And then once I figured out where like to have those moments where you could be serious and then know in your head, you're like, I'm about to say a punchline in five seconds and and it's going to be, everyone's uncomfortable now and they're going to be right back. And it's like super powerful as a performer yeah. to know, like, I know you're uncomfortable now, but you're about to laugh so hard and I'll get you right back. Totally. That tension before yes. is so important. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Well, one part of the show that I think we we could fan out forever about Gutter Plum, but to, yes. maybe you can talk about the show because one of the parts that I think super connects to Sex in the City is when Dr. Dale Ravioli, the character, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, is older, um, you have on a robe mm -hmm. and you reconnect with like an old flame and you yes. kind of, you ha have your job, you have like your life. And I was like, that is absolutely where Miranda's at yeah. right now. She yeah. doesn't have kids yet, but it was absolutely like where Miranda is, is at. Do you know what part of the show I'm talking about? It's, it, I mean, I, well, not first of all, I love part. that we've established that Dale Ravioli, which is my character's name, <laughs> is a Miranda. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess she's kind of a Miranda. I would think she's a Miranda that becomes a Samantha. Oh, like, yeah, I feel I like later, maybe, yeah, when you, that, when you talk part. about being in the hippie cult at the end or like that when oh, you retire yeah. into some like Laurel Canyon place where everyone hangs yeah. out, like I feel like that's Samantha, totally. older Samantha at some yeah. point. But I would agree that there's a lot of Miranda vibes going on when I think that's the phone call. Yeah. Is that when it yeah. is? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. there's a lot of Miranda vibes so there. Funny. Yeah. Um, so then uh, my question is, what is your relationship to sex in the city? Um, I've, I've watched every episode, but I watched it when I was in college, I think, mm -hmm. which I'm like, I'm 2005, I'm guessing mm -hmm. maybe 2004. Um, yeah. But uh, when did the show end? What the show years? ended 06. I think it ended 06. Okay. It was 98 to 06. So I must I'm have sure. started watching I think. it. I'll look that up. Um, you know, like soon after it was like on TV and then finished, finished it up. But, did, you, uh, did you have HBO or did you have like a rich friend that had HBO? I don't know. I, that's what I was trying to figure out is like, how did I have the technology to watch this? I mm -hmm. know like when I would go home in the summer mm -hmm. my parents had hbo so yeah. i did a lot oh, of you're an hbo child we've, yeah. we've talked about the Sorry. difference we've talked about, <laughs> we've talked about the kids who had hbo and the kids that didn't none of us came from hbo yeah. houses well i will say that my parents like go on and off all of those things all the time so yeah, i sure. use somebody else's parents uh hbo password currently but mm. um but yeah <laughs> but no i would go home and like watch uh sex in the city and like entourage with my mom Okay. Oh, wow. I, I was just thinking about like on that's a entourage could wild, wild. <laughs> yeah. It's changed so much. But um yeah. so so yeah, so I definitely watched it all and like really liked it uh yeah. when I was in college. Where's where's home? Uh my dad was in the army, so I moved around a lot growing up, but they live in Virginia now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you were you were watching it as a college something year old woman. Um you must have a pretty chill mom to watch Entourage and Sex yeah. in the City. Or you must have a pretty cool mom to be into Entourage. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if she was like into it, but... <laughs> we weren't allowed uh, to watch Seinfeld. My parents were just like, no, no Seinfeld. Instead, we watched Full House. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch anything, but yeah. I guess... Which we've established is a horrible show yeah, for the we, way they treated Kimmy Gibbler. Yeah, they're horrible, horrible at Kimmy. They, oh, just, yeah. they just make fun of... They have adults making fun of the neighbor yeah. child. Yeah, who probably comes from a really dysfunctional yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Come on. Never seen that. Somebody helped this child and yeah she's like, coming over to up, hang out loser <laughs> yeah um uh, so when you were watching that was there any part of you that wanted to live in new york experience the carrie bradshaw life in new york or? yeah i think it was like probably one of the first times i saw like women in their 30s mm -hmm. like not you know being moms or something yeah i mean they some of them do eventually yeah yeah but yeah like i, I guess i i it was fun to see yeah, I was like, well, I'm 20. Like, of course I loved it. I'm mm -hmm. like seeing all these like cool hot women in cool outfits like 
get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and fucked, and yeah. I just get fucked. Yeah. Sorry if that was, sorry if that was a insensitive way to say No, it's fine. It's okay. I'm like, I love watching women get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but they were cool. They were having cool sex, you know? Yeah. And I was like, maybe one day I'll have cool sex. Uh, but yeah, but I'm sure watching it now would be totally different. Yeah, it is. It's actually that's part of why we wanted to initially watch the show is just because we love shows filmed in New York City and yeah. we live there. And I was like, it still is. Every once in a while, I watch it and I'm be like, life is kind of like that now. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, not yeah. always like that, but it's like it's like that is pretty cool. Well, just yeah. hanging out with my friends. I live in New York. That's like the when we started the podcast. It was like it came from. We have a friend who works in PR, and she got us into this like exclusive hotel opening. And John and I went, and we went to this roof, and it was the coolest people and we did not fit in yeah. we were just all. in the and corner john, being like this is like we're, just, we, yeah. kevin came and met us and then john like found the best place in the corner to stand where the hors d'oeuvres would come out and we would game. just stop That's the people all the time and eat the hors d'oeuvres but it was like we were like wow we're at this crazy cool hotel <laughs> and then we ended up at like a, a pizza shop at like three in the morning on a weeknight and it was like this is just one of those magical new york nights <laughs> yeah. man it really this is. is like we're in sex and city it's like we're in sex and city Let's and then we were like we, we should watch that show yeah, 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 I yeah. like that origin story. I yeah. also I think it's a great move to stand where the food is coming out at a party. Thank it's you. the yeah. best move. That's yeah. like yeah. the only thing. The only reason I like to be six foot four is because I can see over. Oh yeah, advantage. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first. That was my first job when I got to New York was being a cater waiter, and so now I know it's like. Is that what they're called? Cater waiters? Yeah, cater waiter. I never heard that. I, I have a lot caterers. of yeah, no, I was caterers. Yeah. I said cater, cater waiter. waiter. There's this horrible company called Restaurant Associates, and you get paid like $17 an hour, and you have to wear it. And I just remember just like always my heart hurting. I would just be like, this sucks. And I'd talk to like 50-year-olds that are like, I moved to New York to be an actor too. And I was like, that's going to be my <laughs> life. And so now whenever I'm at a place, I go up to the cater waiters, try and be really nice. Be like, oh, what do you do? And, I'm, cool, uh, I'm cool dad I'm, hey, I'm, hey I'm not I'm like the rest of these people at the party <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so John what uh, what what episode are we that's on? a good question I need to pull that up so talk while, about while you're, pull, while you're yeah. pulling that up I did look and Sex in the City ended in 2004 it was Ooh, 90, yeah. 2004 okay. so yeah, I think ha- the movies were somewhere around 2006 one of uh, the first movies have was. you ever have you ever thought about if you identify with the character who that would be um, I was thinking on my way here um, you can't have a rising. Yeah, I can have a ra- we, oh, we, we learned from the girls well, in every outfit that you can have like your standard and then a rising. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't watched in a long time, but I guess like, I mean, Carrie's like, I know she doesn't cook ever, which is so me. Um, <laughs> and uh, she's like a creative and she's uh, like self involved. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm like a Samantha, but I've had Samantha faces. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, but, and I can see moments of like, also, I mean, like Charlotte's like sweet, even though I guess she's like, I don't know, who's like the, Charlotte and Miranda, I feel like are like the dorkier ones, right? Yeah, Miranda's. But still all cool, so it's like yeah. a scale. Yeah, Miranda's way more just like, I'm staying in. And Charlotte's like, I hope one day I'll be happy. Yeah. So she's, yeah. Charlotte's way more like innocent, sweeter. And totally. Anytime Charlotte goes out, it is with the intention to find her Prince Charming. Yes. It's always like, I'm going out. Yeah. So she's that a romantic. I can, she's a complete romantic. Yeah. And like a different, it's like, I wonder if Carrie's an idealist and Charlotte's a romantic. Hmm. Like, I feel like. Have you ever heard of the Enneagram? Or a, yes, I it's have. It's like a personality. Enneagram. We had on an Enneagram expert 
to analyze oh, yeah, all four right. of them. And then we also did the Myers, Myers Briggs, Briggs and we oh, like nice. broke down all their personalities. It was, it was pretty fun. Cause yeah. it's like, I think they're all supposed to represent an archetype yeah. and like, yeah, yeah. and they do, but, um, the Enneagram yeah. expert said Carrie ended up as would be a four on the Enneagram or a possible seven. And the okay. four, the four is kind of like the, like, artist that can kind of get sort of brooding and like very creative and wild and stuff yeah. like that. And the seven is like the one who like always has to be around the action is like, yeah. I want to like go like do more and stay out late, which makes sense for yeah. either one of those. My sister's obsessed with personality tests. So I did actually like take an Enneagram thing when I was home for Christmas, but it was so evenly divided that I was like, well, I guess I'm just a liar. This doesn't make like, <laughs> that, there, there was nothing strong. It's so. possible so sometimes they, yeah. there's one called the nine, which is like the top and they encompass a lot of things on the Enneagram. It's the top. It's it, the best one. It's the well, best I'm, one. I'm out. I'm yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> um, the episode we're watching season five, episode six, critical condition. Critical so condition. Someone, someone goes to the hospital. Yeah. Someone Carrie just oh, got her book deal. Her book just came out and she met a fellow author played by Ron Livingston named Berger. And, oh, okay. uh, we just met Berger last oh, we just Berger. Met Berger. We just yeah. met Berger. We just met Berger. Okay. Yeah. Have they gone to LA yet? Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. We did the LA episodes. They, they did. That was like our, we wanted to go to LA for the LA episodes and we're just so procrastinate and not go to planning. They were like, Oh, we'll get around to that a year and a half later. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are forever. I couldn't remember which season. Okay. Yeah. I think that's season All right. three. Maybe. All right. Let's All right, dive cool. in. We'll watch uh, critical condition. Be right back. All right, bye. Bye. Episode 72. Critical condition. Carrie deals with her past with Aiden when she runs into Nina Katz, who had dated Aiden after he and Carrie split up. Charlotte gets a tough lawyer to go up against Bunny in a fight to keep her apartment. Miranda has no one to turn to when she needs help taking care of Brady. Samantha tries to return a spent vibrator, then spends some of her free time on Miranda. And now, back to the boys. Hey, all you true crime fans. This is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morphin. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. Medical condition. <laughs> That's wow. not what I, I thought, thought it was going to be, be about medical stuff, but I it was too. More about critics. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. We had to re-record the that I said that same sentence a few minutes ago when it was natural. You went a little bit all right and it was a little weird. It was weird. You were like about critical condition. About oh you were like, that's where our country is right now. Yeah. And I got a yeah. few ideas about that. And there's yeah. some like-minded people that agree with me. Uh, I stood up and started I was on his side. Yeah. I know it was really weird. We were like, Courtney, we weren't aware this was gonna this is why Kevin reached out to you. You guys met at a rally somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very political. Really fast. Yeah, we yeah. weren't. We're, it's not that kind of Start podcast. Over, <laughs> you know, it's Miranda's feelings. Yeah, yeah. And so, so we're back. We're yeah. back. Critical um, condition. Critical condition. Yeah. Critics about which I, I'm very curious to dive into this because Kevin, you've done stand-up shows that have received where where you put yourself out there and you receive a critical response, and likewise, you you have. Yeah. And I'm so I'm curious to hear. What that's like to put something up and then receive mm -hmm. reviews, and I guess we do to some extent on this on this show. But um, yeah, I think that's yeah. just an interesting concept because most of the time, 
those reviews, you know, if you're putting something up, you're expecting those reviews. Yeah. But then in this episode, we're dealing a lot with people who weren't expecting those reviews, like Carrie seeing the woman who made the face or Miranda who's getting criticized by her neighbors. And I think those are two very different things, how you receive those mm-hmm. and the weight that you put behind those, I imagine. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it's actually pretty crazy. Our past few episodes, there's been so much, so much like perfect alignment with our guests, but we had... The whole concept of Edinburgh Fringe is like it's the weirdest review. Like there's just thousands of reviewers doing everything. Yeah, it's such a weird culture. Yeah, of, and I had no it. idea that this was the episode for you. So it's kind of kind of perfect. It's crazy. Um, and you were a per- your show got rave reviews, right? Some rave reviews, not all of them. I know. Well, I was telling them earlier about the one there was like that one backlash that was said what, what oh. they say the stable full of oh yeah sorry so, is this weird to bring no no okay. not, not at all I, you were I such a good it. sport about it and everyone's like this guy's a fucking idiot yeah yeah well in the guardian i got a three out of five stars and he but he basically like he referred to me and like my friend who has the same director and him as the sexy clown stable and then like a woman wrote an article for the national about saying just saying like that review was like really reductive and that he was like acting like uh, the, you know, my, my friend Natalie had a one woman show too. And we had the same director who's our teacher, Dr. Brown and a collaborator. Mm -hmm. And just saying that, like, you just made it all about this dude, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it's like also that other thing that I think sometimes like, I don't know, sometimes a guy's perspective is like, they're hot, so they can't be funny. And it's like, that's not true. Like, that's that dude's yeah. issue. Also, like, Natalie's show, Nate, you haven't seen. It's, yeah. I mean, she's in drag. Her tits are out, but mm. she's, it's not, like, sexy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's, so anyway. But, yeah. Uh, so that was one. But then, like, uh, I got one review that, like, was, like, two stars. And, like, I really fucking hated it. Really? But it was funny to read it did (laughs) what what would the feeling be let's say like right before you get there because this is kind of where carrie is at at the beginning of the episode but like what does it feel like to be like there are people in here risking so much to money to come over here and how's it gonna go and all that stuff like was is it like ignore the reviews or was it like i hope this goes well like what's that feeling and then what was it like when the first few came out yeah um i mean I had, it was so hard to make my show Mm -hmm. and like it was a challenge, but also like really stressful. And I was Mm -hmm. like really struggling, struggling for a long time. So by the time I got to Edinburgh, I kind of was just relieved that it wasn't the biggest piece of shit in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then my first couple of reviews were good, which helped uh, a lot. Yeah. And then I got some bad ones and then I was like, whatever. But I was just really, I was really happy there. Like, I like that routine of just doing my show every night. So it was like fun to get the reviews and also a little, a little bit made me anxious. But I don't know. I was in a good place to receive them at that time. Mm. I did. um, I wrote a show called How to Be a New Yorker that was an off-Broadway show back in, oh, I forget, 2012, I think. Mm -hmm. And we knew when all the critics were going to be there. And I was like, is it opening off-Broadway? This could be tomorrow. Could be the day that I become whoever. And I woke up and I got my phone and I googled it. And our first review was D plus, and it was in uh. Backstage Magazine. It was just like, what? Like it was like these are like nice people, but they just like railed through the whole thing. And I got so depressed. I texted my girlfriend. We went to a diner. and I was like, everything sucks. Blah, blah. And it ended up it ended up being like a good ending to it because the show ran for a long time and it was more tourist fare. Like that's why they hated it, but it was like, it was really, it it hurt 
at the time, and then after that, you're like, eh, whatever. I'm getting paid to to write and be in a show. Yeah. But, hey, man, I saw that show four or five times. Yeah. Me too. I thought it was C plus. Yeah. <laughs> I. That was a great no, show. No, you Come know what? On. I disagree with John. I saw it four or five times, and I saw the finale show. It's not a D plus. It's a solid D. Yeah. Nice, man. <laughs> Thank it's not you. a C plus. It's not a C plus. The, it's the, definitely the a very D. last show. I got a big sty on my eye. So oh I have gosh. like a picture from the stage and my whole eye is like black and shut from some You, you do have, if you yeah. zoom out on the picture, your face was all red. Oh, jeez. So, so stressed we, out. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, time for this thing to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but what she ended up getting a good review, but what did, what was the sentence that she zoned in on? She got a review Just on the that Times. The men were, that the men in her life were disposable. Yeah, and like in in classic Carrie fashion, she has to go to her friend who's pregnant, or sorry, who just had a baby and is who's getting one hour time. sleep, and <laughs> has to force like that conversation down her throat to the point where Miranda tells her to shut up, and then she does it to Samantha, she who tells her to shut up, and then she tells <laughs> her to Stanford, who tells her to shut up, and I was so happy. When people finally told Carrie to shut the fuck up because mm-hmm. she will just sit and blather about her life, completely overlooking Save other Save it for names. the column, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The thing with Stanford was kind of sad because it's true. It's like he's kind of a sad sap the whole time. And he's like, you've never asked me yeah. about this at all. I know. And then I felt bad when he – I it was – so great to see him like standing up to her and then she i forgot what she said but then he was like your opinion means a lot to me which was like a really nice thing but i was also like come on man don't back down just be like like the way he said it it wasn't like that really hurt me and your opinion means a lot to me it was more that he was like but you know please like which i feel like shifts her back into the power there yeah do you want to do uh, an overview of all the stuff, John? Yeah, real quick? I, I feel like we've, we've kind of been talking about it, but the the through line of the of this episode was, you know, how come when even things are positive, we believe the negative things that people say about us? Mm-hmm. Um, and Miranda's was obviously uh, her working through the difficult of Brady's uh, endless crying at night, and then her neighbors kind of being frustrated with her. Um, Miranda, or sorry, Samantha's was a little bit harder. It was like kind of her reviewing vibrators, but also <laughs> like receiving negative reviews from Carrie and Miranda that she's not asking about Miranda's baby. Um, Charlotte's was a little bit twisted also. It was the was, fact that she thought Bunny, yeah. like that Bunny thought she was a bad wife and she was going to lose her the apartment because of that. And then Carrie's, of course, was dealing with the fact that, you know, the, re- the reviewer in the New York Times reviewer said that her she treated men disposable and then that being reinforced by meeting Aiden's N- Nina Katz Nina Katz who was Aiden's first girlfriend after Carrie who would make a face about Carrie whenever she would talk about her so her thinking like maybe all these people think that I was way worse person than I really was mm. and Nina Katz was the booker for SNL yeah so she was for SNL so she was telling all which I wonder if, she, if she's based on Marcy Klein who was the actual like yeah. Marcy Klein was kind of the talent oh. booker and also like one of the producers there yeah I wonder who knows a lot of famous people yeah yeah um where should we begin? What we need character? to see. What we need to see is we know who who Aiden was based off of the real New Yorker that Aiden was based off of. Yeah, we should see if Marcy Klein ever dated that guy. Oh, that's true. That would be we crazy. Should. That would be amazing. Yeah, 
Yeah. Anyway. Who is Aiden based off of? He's based off a friend of ours uh, used to work for this uh, furniture designer oh. and they shot some of the stuff for one of the movies yeah. there. But mm-hmm. uh, but the, she found out when she was like working for him when they were shooting there. Yeah. It was like, oh, this we based Aiden off this dude. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Cool. He's just super chill. Super chill. Calls everyone Pop-Tart. Yeah, yeah hey, his dog is always out of control, <laughs> running around everywhere. Yeah. He's uh, like, get over here! He's got a monstrous head. Yeah. <laughs> his head is the size. We haven't of talked Texas. about Aiden's head for a while. Yeah, yeah we have this whole one. thing where we talk about how massive Aiden's head is. I guess he does have a big head. Huge, so huge big. head. It's gigantic. It's so big. <laughs> I, what is the? Um, I can totally relate to Carrie in that. Anytime I've not just with relationship. I think like my biggest fear is like walking up to a group of people and they're talking about me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like that's, so I totally get that. Yeah. She's like kind of freaking out. Like, is my name being sullied? Um, and so I don't know, like after a breakup, you can't really do that. I remember like the last girl I broke up with like five years ago, that big one, I was like, Ugh, I yelled a little too loud sometimes. <laughs> she's not telling everyone I yelled at her, but yeah, we're I, on good terms now, but yeah, it's like, it makes you think about all your like worst moments with that relationship and you're like Ugh, i hope yeah you're not like talking what's shit. the spin what's their take on this yeah, yeah totally yeah 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 that's um well the thing you said about because you've said that before i think on the podcast about your biggest fear being that like people are talking about you and you're not there but i've also kind of come to accept i mean like we have talked about it before but we are all friends with a lot of the same people and I think not even in a gossipy way, but I feel like it's inevitable that people at some point are talking about you behind your back. So they do? Yeah. Like, Fuck. I, yes, of course they do. <laughs> I feel like people... doing great. Yeah. 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 Kevin's doing great. Did you see, a, you see his review on the Scotsman? Yeah. It was fantastic. Plus, like, you also know everything that people say about you behind your back. I yeah, know, but... I, you know, said, Kevin, you said it to your face. Kevin's loud. He has an obnoxious laugh. He comes in. He's like, oh, I'm Kevin. Like, that's just... You. I'll eat your chips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not ass. Eat all your shit. Not ass. That's just you. That's what makes you great. It's oh, funny because nice. I wonder about that. But we kind of talked about it in the elevator yesterday when I was like, I, I I wonder about what people talk about me. But then I was like, what's a Corey Cavan thing? And you were like five minutes late all the time. Five minutes late. <laughs> and I was like, no, like, is that what people say all the time? People are at a party that I'm at and they're like, man, you know, you know, Corey's not here yet. So he's perfect Cavan. He's doing his normal thing. I want to, Courtney, I want to talk more about your experience with those reviews that you received. Like, uh I I know one of them like was, was negative, but like your show is, your show is so great. And like, I know that Kevin then said that the initial reviewer got some backlash because he, he like reduced what your show was actually about to like these sexist comments. Did you like even consider the things that were said about it? Or were you just like, no, this guy's an idiot. So like even... Like he has nothing valuable to say because he's just a moron and what he's saying is wrong. Like, yeah, you know I don't. Saying? I mean, I don't. I think everyone's like entitled to their opinion. In that case, it didn't really hurt my feelings that he didn't like it because I was like, "This isn't for you." And he also was like coming in like reviewing me in the context of these other people. So yeah. in a way, it's like he already had his mind made up before he mm. went in. It seemed okay, like to yeah, me. Yeah. And then like the other one that was like really bad, where he just like trashed it. He called it like. Um, uh, so what was it like? Oh, self-indulgent, pseudo-artistic nonsense. <laughs> what? <laughs> and it's just like, honestly, I'm like, good. I'm glad you hated it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but it's not like, uh, I don't know. I'm not like, fuck you. You're wrong. I'm like, right. you didn't connect with it. That's fine. I mean, I had plenty of people that I could tell in the audience weren't connecting to it. Yeah. You know, like it was, it's like really, uh, 
it's can be scary for some people sure. and they don't mm-hmm. want to feel uncomfortable, but it's supposed to make people feel a little bit uncomfortable. And I try to control the discomfort as much as possible, yeah, yeah. but it's not like no, uh, it's not like I'm going to change. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. That's just such a healthy outlook. I know. <laughs> you I know think, what I mean? I think I'm, I'm so different. I think if I were to make, I would have ever made something like that, which I never in a million years could have, I would have been like, this is great. And if you don't like it, you're just wrong. <laughs> like, mm. like it's the black yeah. or white thing. And I know this is good. And if you're not on board, like you're just, I would discredit you as a person for not having the same vision as me. But I mean, that's something I need to work on. <laughs> I, I, I was, uh, I don't know. I was dealing with it healthily, I think at the time, but I, I'm sure I haven't always, you know, yeah. but also I, I just, I know that I liked it. And also the show varies a lot from show to show. Like I know like one of them, I'm like, oh yeah, that guy was like one of the worst guys that he saw. So mm-hmm. it like changes the story. If there's too much tension or you can tell we don't like each other, the, the audience member that I yeah. bring up. So eh, whatever. Do yeah. You, do you uh, need to like mull over those things a lot with like friends? Like I know when Carrie like received something like that and hers was just like, she treats guys disposable. She had to like call people and she has to just like put it through the cycle of just like analyzing, analyzing, analyzing. Do you all do? I mean, I know, I know YouTube better than I know you. Is that something that you have to do, or can you kind of like solve it in your own head? I mean, I I feel like I like to run a lot of things by my friends. I mean, yeah. I know Natalie Palomides is my friend, who's like the other woman mentioned in that sort of bad review that we were talking she's about. She's in the, the stable. She's a, she's yeah. the other she's the other sexy clown stable yeah, member. Yeah, um, yeah they're, they're so sick of us. There's three of us. Right um, yeah. uh, um, but we talked about it and like yeah. it pissed her off too. And she's she almost is more sensitive to us being compared because she her shows like came before mine, you know, but mm-hmm. we're buds and we support each other. And mm-hmm. sometimes she's like, they're always trying to pit women against each other, you know, mm-hmm. which is like, yeah. maybe true. But I'm coming in like after her, like. I'm, it's inevitable, you know, that there's yeah. going to be comparison. And she's also like influenced me tremendously. So, you know, I do owe a lot to her. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. I feel like the older that, uh, the older I've got, the more it's just, we've talked about this, Corey, that it's like just super important to like what you do Yeah, and then so true. enjoy the process of it. And then once you're there, like the show, two shows that I've done, like the first 70 shows, it's like, cool, none of this is working the way I want. And then by the time it is working the way you want, if someone said it's bad, it's like, well, this is the show I have. Yeah. I can only make try and make it better, but yeah. I can't go rewrite 60 minutes of stand-up just because you didn't like it. Yeah. It'll yeah. take a long time. So I think that that held me back. Like the thought of failing like held me back for a long time. Yeah. And then it was like, well, you know what is really cool? I get to do these shows and work on stuff with Corey and do this. And like, I know our first 10 episodes of like this podcast, we got tons of emails from people being like, you're talking about rips too much. Yeah. You're talking about Sour Patch Kids <laughs> yeah, too much. Rips, are, rips is like a no. really like, it's, oh, like, it's like, it's like not a the time. Not the brand time. version of Sour Patch Kids that are just squares that oh, are just okay. super sour licorice. <laughs> this, this and we had it. We went down a like 15 yeah. minute bad. And people were like, the last four up. podcasts we've done, we mentioned rips yeah. just to let you guys and know. And this episode hey. is sponsored <laughs> by. Rips. rips. I'm going to try some. Yeah. yeah this is so good. Hey, if you guys have been listening since the beginning and you thought you got away from rips, you're, you're dead no, wrong. No, dead no. wrong. But um, thank you for listening. But that's well, why it's just good to enjoy what you do. Yeah. Because yeah, it's totally. like she already wrote the book. That, it's already out at this point. Like it's important to get a good review, I guess, for yeah. money. 
it, so it sells more. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too because like they don't really talk about it in the show, but like Carrie has to enjoy being a columnist. Like there's never I guess it was like not the point of the show, but there's never a time where like she talks about how work sucks. I feel like she has to enjoy writing and writing about her life. And mm-hmm. I think that comes through in the show. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that like there's a thing where she's like, I'm writing this and I'd like writing this book and that kind of stuff. Do you think she does treat men disposably? Um, I think. Was well, that a, was that a valid criticism? I think if you look at when she talked to Steve about Aiden and uh, and like you made the joke as we were watching, she was like, I think she said I'm like, I never meant to hurt him. Or maybe this was last episode. It's like I never meant to hurt him. I was like, yeah, except for the time you freaking cheated on him when yeah. you were in a relationship yeah. with him. So like, I feel like that's a move that is treating someone disposable or just not caring about the person that you're with. But I, I don't know if she treats men disposably. I feel like she's pretty open to the relationships and okay. John's Uh-oh. giving me I some think she major treats everyone disposably. Well, okay, she, sure. <laughs> she treats her friends disposably. I think like, she treats like, her friends more disposably than the men she yeah, dates. I think honestly. she's like her relationships are like transactional. She's I, just that's like, true. like, I have baggage. I need you for my baggage. I need sex. I like want sex. I need you for sex. I feel like she enjoyed sounds in awesome. a relationship. <laughs> sounds great. It's like, <laughs> it's like Courtney was saying, like, wow, one day maybe I'll need sex like that. Too. <laughs> but no, I think that she maybe from a relational standpoint likes to be doted on and likes to have these guys like take her around, which I guess that is maybe be mm. using them a little bit to just be like, yeah, you can take me out new Yankee or, you know, well, I wonder whatever. if they're t- also tying in the meta narrative Ooh. of like at, <laughs> at the time <laughs> of them being like HBO's sex and city is a show where women finally get a chance to have sex, no strings attached and show that. And they're, they're saying like, they're commenting on, the mm. thoughts of the show at the time. I mean, that's the first episode is that she tries to have sex like a man. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, Spark it up, bro. Yeah, Let's have some like, discussion, man. Um, I want to, I want to keep talking about, about, about Carrie and, uh, but I would love to move because a huge thing happened in this episode is we met Harry for the first Harry time. Greenblatt. Yes. Um, yeah. I was excited to see that. Yeah. How, yeah. what are your, what are your, as someone who's watched the show, what are your thoughts on Harry? Because everyone we've talked to seems to I be like pretty pro Harry. I love Harry. Yeah. And I was actually thinking, cause I didn't remember that that was going to happen in this episode. And she was like sitting across from that, like quote unquote, like handsome lawyer. I have yeah. another, I I have thinking, another I question like, about that. That guy sucks. Like, yeah. Why is that like a handsome person? And then like Harry comes up and I'm like, yes, he's so much better and sexier than whoever that like yeah. guy is. Yeah. But, just the, um, it's, I love when you see a dude with just swag and confidence. Like he yeah. knows who he is. The best. He doesn't need to be like yeah. traditionally hot. He's you know like, what? Yeah. He's like, I fucking hate blueberry bagels. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I don't care if I'm in my partner's office and he's in a meeting. I'm going to spit it out. Yeah. Like right in front of them. And that's, yeah. you know. That was hot. He took a big old bite of the bagel. And, yeah, like, All right. Do you yeah. feel? Do you feel like? Um, I I feel like I've heard other women say this. Like a lot of the guys on the show that they're like, she was with this new hot guy. They're never like. They're never like. Actually. Not even classically attractive. Oh no, they're they're a picture of what is supposed to be classically attractive. But it's like no, not really. Yes, I agree with that one hundred percent. And I feel like in life, I'm always like. My guy friends, if they're, they're like, you know, like he's a handsome guy. And it's like, there's a, di- there's like guys that like look like they're supposed to be handsome mm-hmm. and they're not. 
yeah. a track. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that's probably we're full of full of them. I this, do feel yeah. like it was like that guy was like he's a classic example. Yeah, like, like I guess like square I jaw, guess? like a, yeah. a nice head of All hair, looking, yeah, big blue suit. eyes, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so it, that's if, not my type, you know. So who would be your type on the show? Mr. Big, Aiden, Steve, Harry, Harry, Harry Greenblatt, Trey McDougal. You just the like dude someone who's Trey, Trey McDougal. Oh, Trey. Oh, Trey. oh not yeah. Trey. The dude, son. Yeah. the dude, not the sharper Trey. image store that Samantha <laughs> yeah. had, that, and then he just never moved his body when I she love talked. Emotionally to him. unavailable guys that are obsessed with their mom. Yeah. That's just yeah. I'm trying um, to think. I mean, I I find all those those guys like attractive in some way i would mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. even steve <laughs> we love yeah. steve we love yeah. we're giant steve he's so fans. charming yeah. yeah um i feel like they did a good job with their leads that are supposed to be like uh desirable or something yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah you you like len you're you're in the lunch do, do, <laughs> do you remember len who's Schneiderman? len which one's len oh he's, my the one that, he's, he's like a one character one he has, guy, he has like him. a little like earring with he, like a little feather on it little, he flirts with samantha a little oh i don't he has a little ponytail it's like a little we like, get trying to, we get yelled at by our listeners but basically we zone in on all these like little weird awkward characters and then talk about them forever forever yeah. even though people are like why are you talking about shmuel <laughs> we're like because shmuel's the best like so yeah, Len Schneiderman. Not to like typecast you too much or not, but Len Schneiderman seems like someone that you could make an entire one-person show around. Of yeah, just absolutely. like who is Len Schneiderman? I don't remember who this person I'm is. I'm trying to pull up a picture. Pull, of pull up Len. It's hard. Oh I don't have but I, don't, I truly don't think I've watched this since the first time I watched it. Sure. Wow. Or like I've probably caught episodes. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've talked about. I've I've mentioned this as we've done the podcast, but I've seen like maybe a handful. Like we. That's why we say the first time ever, mostly because like John has seen some over his wife's shoulder over the sure. years, and like. I'd seen mm-hmm. and I've seen bits of this one. I remember the sharper image discussion with Charlotte talking about ski, not Charlotte, Samantha talking about ski pants. I've Wait, seen can that I ask scene a before. Qu- can I ask a question? No, about those. Cause We're I've moving. seen those things Just before. Kidding. Is that, that is, is that, that that's not meant to be a sex toy. No, it's a, it's supposed to be a neck. Mas- it is supposed to be a neck massager. Well, that's what I was. I was like, okay, what year are we in? And like, do they not have accessible sex toys? Because like Samantha would get a real thing unless, right. I mean, but it, it was, you know, Certainly yeah. they had to, because we had like the, the second the season, there's the rabbit. Episode oh yeah. Where they all get the rabbit and Charlotte gets addicted to it. So like, why would she need to go to Sharper Image and like? Well, I mean, she didn't that want scene the rabbit with the ladies. Like, yeah, she's. It was funny. It was super funny. It was some good like co-star casting. Yeah, <laughs> scene, I think. That's yeah. true. But no, you're right. Like we've already established that, and there's got to be like, what is the pleasure chest? There's got to be like a place like that yeah. in the show, and it is weird. It was it was such a like comedy writer choice that was funny, but it was funny for her to hold the line and being like. It's a sex toy. It's a sex toy. And the toy. guy was like, um, it's a neck massager. It's a sex toy. Just to hold that her, back and forth. Her for- cadence is wild. It's amazing. But I love it. But you know, have you ever listened to her in real life? We watched a video today of her going through the Criterion Collection closet. And her normal voice it's is like, so calm. it's very soft spoken. Uh-huh. And I remember the so calm. Yeah. first time I saw Fanny and Alexander. Yeah, exactly. A Bergman film. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to um, take a bath and watch Godard at night. Yeah. She's, She's making a strong character choice. Yeah, yeah. completely. It works. Fun. Great, yeah. yeah. So um, I guess that didn't answer my question. Is that a sex toy or not? I it's, think it's actually... Is that, if you went into I mean, Pleasure you, Trust, is that going to be there? I, I, no. I want to answer your question with another question. Yeah. And it's, have you used objects not designed for sexual pleasure for sexual pleasure? <laughs> and if the answer is yes, then anything can be a sex toy. Oh, man, that's so funny. 
answer the question. Answer the question. <laughs> answer the question. I have or, a, I have a watch, story. I have a story Kevin in my up. last show. Yeah. In my first show that I did that was about how when I was in, in high school or when I first got to New York, I decided I was going to quit masturbating forever. And then um, and then I fucked the bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The 30-year-old virgin yeah. coming to streaming yeah. somewhere. It'll be out. So that's, that's like you, you going to the mattress soon. firm. I mean, like, it's a sex toy. No, sir, it's a mattress. No, sir, it's this is a, a Tempur-Pedic. Toy. No, sir, it's a sleep number. It's a sex, sex toy. toy. Hey, guys, my sleep number is 69. Okay? <laughs> I want to return this bed. Yeah, so it's a classic. Yeah, I to- that actually helps. That I totally really, understand. Well, gotcha. Gotcha, guys. That's really oh, funny. Um, let's talk about Miranda and, like, the the being judged by the other mothers in her building. Yeah. That I like that storyline. Oh, it was too. such a great storyline. Yeah, it was, it was so a great storyline. Yeah. It, and, it, and it had one of the I'm sorry, it had like one of the best payoffs of when the oh. chair broke and uh, the kid yeah. was in the chair with Samantha's neck massage vibrator. Like such a great shot. Yeah, it was really good. And I I knew it was coming and it still hit. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did you particularly like about the episode? Why was it so touching? Um well, I think Miranda is she. Uh, she's a she's great. Mm-hmm. She, I know she gets a lot of heat, but um, uh, yeah. I mean, I I do have a lot of friends that are moms. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a mom. Uh, but I think that was like a nice way to. It's like I hope they handled it nicely, and it was like fun for her to like make a mom friend. And it was so great when Samantha gave her her haircut appointment. Yeah, yeah. Good oh, totally. Friend. Yeah, that Samantha, was we, Samantha's we've been the best on a yeah. Samantha's the best friend kick, and yeah. like when she showed up and it was like, "You have five seconds to leave. Here's my hair appointment. I'm watching the kid." It's like it's she's so the nice, best. and she's it's like best. if you do that, if you do that kind of stuff, then you're allowed to call your friend's baby an asshole. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Like totally. what really matters, you know? That's truly the definition of like love because it, she was like, I don't want to be with this baby. Yeah. I, I like it's not like I think I'll get into your baby. It's like you need the haircut. I'll take the hit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, even when she was a little spicy early in the episode, I'm like, you don't normally see Samantha be that spicy, and then it still came around. Yeah. She's just. She's just so the best. She's her coming to the and also like if you've ever babysat for a friend's baby it, oh, or gosh. like a friend's toddler, yeah. it is. I mean, it's one thing to do it for like a niece or a nephew. Like that still can be stressful if you're a person that doesn't have kids, which all of us are. But to do it for a friend's baby, there is a kind of a thing of like, no, you go and knowing like I'm just gonna have to figure this out. Yeah. Like yeah. just it's the kid is going to cry and I gotta. I've babysat like not, that, and my rule is like I just can't. I can't do any poop. Like really? I'll I'll be here for as long as you need. You just have to realize like I'm not changing a diaper. So you're just gonna like literally let a kid? Yeah, I got a diaper ash in his own shit just because you're a little and bit smells? disgusted by it. I mean, usually they once I say that they're like, "All right, we'll look elsewhere." Yeah, Thank that's you. More what it <laughs> is. Yeah, but I'm willing. I'm willing. They're like, they're like, "Oh, Kevin might is gonna be a little bit disgusted, so he's gonna let our kids sit in his own feces for six hours." That's like, what I just yeah, said. I think to, I'll look for someone else too. That's just a classic. That is like you, you. Once you have kids, then you just deal with it. But it's such a yeah. Kevin, I'll say this: that's what people talk about you behind your back about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. He offered to watch our tot, our our, or our baby, and yeah. he wouldn't change. Yeah, we them. already have a list of people that are not gonna watch our future kids, <laughs> and you're at the top. <laughs> I mean, it's. I thought that was like a nice example of showing like a good mom like uh, 
hating motherhood still. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did a that, that yeah. storyline in particular. I agree. Like it was like they showed that Miranda was like super stressed, and then they also showed kind of the like her neighbor that was like, "You don't know my name." There was yeah. a little bit of like. New York, I mean, which is true in New York, that happens a lot, but there was a little bit where like they showed that, but they also kind of made it seem like Miranda's losing her mind because she's a new mother and it's really hard. And she's like, everyone hates me. I like can't ever focus on anything because I'm so freaking tired. That seemed like it was good. Never do anything right. Yeah, Yeah. totally. I live in Park Slope. That is literally mom central. Yes. No surprise. Miranda's already turning into a Park Slope mom and now she, she moves to Brooklyn at some point. Yeah. So we've heard. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like uh, it was sweet for her to get a friend outside of the four friend group. Like, I don't think we've ever had an mm. actual real friend outside of their group. Yeah. Besides- yeah. I mean, we'll see if she shows up again. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Kendall moves out. He's gone forever. Her new friend. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it also is diverse casting, but yeah. she well, did kind of like they did sort of bring her into this role as like a magical solver. There of was the problem. So while I thought it was a sweet storyline, I'm like, somebody could find this problematic. Well, yeah. what was interesting yeah. is, you know, that there's been so much talk like about revisiting sex in the city and the diversity issues there. And mm-hmm. in the last episode we watched today, I think where we watched the last episode we did with the every outfit sex in the city girls there was um there was a limo driver that was an african-american woman with carrie and she was like your book just got released and she's like we're going out for hot dogs and she kind of gets carrie out of her rut and then today we see kendall who is the neighbor and who's it's also diverse casting and i was like is this a point where they were getting that they were getting complaints about that but then you're right it's also interesting that you're seeing more of that but they end up being like problem solver people yeah it it, it's it's that's what that's like the criticism with like bagger vance like the will smith movie yeah it's like the magical the magical problem solver yeah then like the nice guy and then it's like the black character comes in and then helps the white character achieve their dreams. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's, what, that's exactly what the last episode was, too. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. so well, yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily like stating that that's my personal no. criticism right. because it was like a different time. But it, one could. I, I, exactly. I didn't note it being that that is something that's in our current cultural. You know, I totally yeah. I thought I, know, I thought the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I thought yeah. I thought of that, too. Yeah. Um, um, who do we who do we have to cover? We money. We co- yeah, I mean, I, Bunny's we, bow was insane. I didn't even notice it. <laughs> oh, we always miss everything. We miss so much yeah. stuff. She's just like I. I found it disturbing, and then I was like, "Is that ages?" And I know she's supposed to be an unlikable character or whatever, but like, she's wearing like a giant bow in her hair, really? like oh, this older yes. woman, mm-hmm. yes. which I found disturbing. <laughs> they definitely. She. She was very compelling the first episode she was on. And every time she's on, I love Bunny storylines. I don't like Bunny. Yeah. I yeah. think Bunny definitely is a Trump voter. Oh, oh for sure. Definitely. And definitely has, like, she said some majorly racist stuff in, yeah. like, yeah. early. Um, but she just, like, she always, she's in great scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's she's funny. She's was, a classic, like, evil in-law. Yeah. 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 She, um, that actress, it was her 96th birthday wow. just like three weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. She's, Happy birthday, she's still Happy birthday, I think the, the two things that I'd still like to cover, and one is just very brief, is that Burger wasn't in this episode. That is I true. I thought we were going to like progress down the Burger oh. love oh, yeah. train, and it was interesting that he wasn't in this one. And then also, like, I'm really excited with already how they're handling Harry and Charlotte. Sometimes when God closes a burger he opens a green blat that and you have to (laughs) that's right but i'm really excited how they're handled because like i think 
Charlotte and Trey's first introduction where he saved her from like getting hit by a car and this like big fairy tale magic thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know how she like was really excited that he was everything she ever dreamed of and he was going to be Prince Charming. And I know Harry is going to be like the opposite of that. He's going to be a bald, hairy, like smelly Jewish guy to her, you know, to the end of her yang. And I'm really excited how they're setting that tone early. Yeah. And like, I felt zero chemistry between the two of them. And I think that's like, Really exciting to watch that. Yeah. Grow, yeah. Yeah. Know. It's a different uh, way in. But I think they do. I mean, maybe I'm just projecting because I've seen the rest of yeah. the episodes, but I think they do end up having like really nice chemistry. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah they just, Did you feel it in this episode? Well, I was excited because I knew. And so, you know, I don't know if you noticed, they have like a little, like, once they get what they want, they do a little kind of like weird handshake thing. Oh, it's like, I it's saw really that like he kind of touches nice, her arm. like affectionate yep. thing. I was like, oh, I like that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the great Charlotte thing that we've talked about so many times where she, the good Charlotte the thing, good Charlotte thing <laughs> lifestyles of the rich and famous. Um, punk band. But, uh, you know, the thing about, <laughs> just, do you guys realize the reference I just made? Um, the, uh, but the thing where it's like, she started, it's, it's the like Joseph Campbell thing we were saying where Charlotte's on the hero's journey yeah. where she like wants one thing, mm-hmm. she gets it, it gets completely destroyed. She like understands the cost of it. And now she's seen something else that's like not what she wanted. And she'll go back to what she, where she was. That's and it's completely she'll changed. get it. What, what, what I think great. is interesting is she probably doesn't even know she's attracted to him yet, but she was because she's like, I want that lawyer. Yeah. So she's like attracted what, to something within him. But what but was she, interesting, she the reason she wanted him is because she couldn't focus on she needed someone that was repulsive to her. Yeah. Or else she wasn't able to ask what she wanted. She needed to get away from the hot, the quote unquote other that's hot like lawyer. I that's, don't necessarily, that's what they said in the show. I know, but I don't necessarily. That's what they said. <laughs> that's what they said, Kevin. This is what everyone talks about when you're not here. <laughs> yeah. This is what. Hey, Hey, Kevin, wipe their ass. <laughs> Clean up their shit. Wipe Harry's ass. Yeah, wh- no, I think I, I, I get that and I see that. <laughs> but also she w- talked about how she wanted someone who was what, a killer or a... When she asked yeah. if he was a killer. But I think what she's and saying... She's like, she, she's, she wants the apartment more than she, she doesn't does. want to be distracted. She's like, I want that dude because he's going to get me the fucking apartment. Yes, totally. And so, so yeah, you're right. There's that. There is that what draws her to him. But I think she was like, is that guy a killer? Can I trust him? Cause I can't, I can't get what I want in front of this guy. Cause I'm too yeah. attracted to him. Yeah. And I think like deep down, I don't know. Sometimes you become more physically attracted to a person after, I feel like that's after they give you a giant $7 million apartment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would love that. I'd be like, yeah. listen, I'll marry you. I don't care who you are. Um, I want to talk real quick. I know we got to, I know we got to move, but I, I want to talk real quick about the Nina Katz thing where it's like, she, she keeps giving Carrie the face. And oh I, yeah. And uh-huh. I know it's like a, I know it's a, a television story thing where they got to have the, like, she gave me the face, the, what the, but there is a thing where like, I think we, we talked about how Carrie like definitely did not treat Aiden well. And there's like problems with their relationship and whatever. But I did think even when Heather Graham shows up at the end and she's like, Oh, Carrie Bradshaw. I'm like, okay, even if Carrie deserved it, I'm like that level of non subtlety is not cool to just yeah. in front of someone be yeah. like, Oh, Courtney, I've heard of you. Yikes. I know. I'm I was like, trying to think if I've what? ever experienced something like that. Like I definitely have known people where I'm like, yeah, I think they fucking hate me. Yeah. But like <laughs> yeah, it yeah. usually is a vibe you get where you're yeah. like, I'm picking up on a 
on a nonverbal thing yeah. that yeah. I, but like that is like, come on. Or they'll be like social, like socially awkward, but they have like Nina and Heather. Yeah. The fact that it's like, yeah. okay, we get it that, that Nina's been like spreading this all around yeah. town, but to have Heather Graham just be like, mm. it's, yeah. it, that's like so weird to me. It doesn't, it wasn't her best acting. It. We've sure. talked about this too. It's really weird when they put actors in the show to play, play themselves. Yeah. How odd is it's that? It's weird. I'm like, how do they get her to just do like three lines uh-huh. in very low cut jeans? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the fashion is insane in the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I feel like it must have been a thing because Isaac Mizrahi was just in the last one. Yeah. And I wonder if it was a thing that was like, oh my gosh, I get to do a cameo on like oh, this show yeah. that everybody loves. Yeah. Sure. Probably. Um, let's do the uh, Cosmo ratings. Yeah. Sure. So we do um, uh, one to five Cosmos, uh, five being the best. Okay. And half and quarter Cosmos. If you need some time to think about it, we'll all go at the same time. Or if you want to join in on a, on, with us on the count of three, it's up to you. Okay, I'll, me, I'll go. Let me I'll give us. Let me think in. about this for a second. I need, I need a little bit of thought time. Okay, I got mine. <laughs> I have mine. Yeah. Um, give me a second. Uh, I got three, it. two, one, three point five. Five. I did three and a half as well. Oh, What'd okay. you say? What'd you say? What'd Seven you? five. Three seven three, five. Three, three, seven five. Three, two, five. I almost right. said three okay. five. Oh, that's We're like, all close. Then we yeah. all average out to be the same. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. cool. Let's okay. start at the highest. That's really exciting. Um I would say it was I thought it was pretty solid. I like that they brought in um I like that they pushed back on Carrie a lot. And I thought that um I liked that we got uh Harry Greenblatt. I liked that there was some Stanford in there and um I liked I was excited for this episode where they mention what's her name Michiko I forget how you say it I forget how you say her name but look it up uh, but it was cool because it's like that person seems very legendary the fact that they kept on saying it um I yeah. you, I could tell it was like a moment in the show um and so I liked it and I like the Union Square Farmers Market I just yeah. I get my apples from there so it was nice felt very homey at the end yeah and uh and I don't know it was just a, a stressful day and then I just enjoyed watching this this show it quick, brought me a little question about your apples are you still on jazz apples big jazz apple big guy jazz apple big guys. organic honey crisp guy okay big into pink ladies <laughs> I love pink ladies I also got into envy I just I knew yeah. you were on a huge jazz apple kid yeah for a big while. jazz apple guy but yeah. I do th- I've moved a little further into the honey crisp yeah. realm well so. honey crisps are good all right. all right um courtney do you want to why, why did you rate it a 3.5 um i thought it was solid but i feel like i it there wasn't like something like wildly exciting it was yeah. kind of like this is definitely like a middle of the season mm-hmm. episode where the story is yeah. moving along it felt like yeah um so yeah i, I think it's like what it's like a b plus right? yeah yeah i agree i was like i think it deserved a b plus but it wasn't like this was the most iconic amazing episode right. of sex in the city ever. yeah yeah i feel the same way i think that there were some really funny parts of yeah. that episode like like we mentioned when they when brady is in the the bouncy thing with the vibrator yeah that was super funny and there was like another moment that i thought was like really funny that we all laughed it just slipped my mind but um there was like some really funny parts i think some of the stories were like a little bit weak. I wish we would have like met, had some more burger time. Mm-hmm. I did like really like meeting Harry, and I'm excited to see where that goes. But it was a good episode. It was like not yeah. not top tier good, but like solid. solid. That's how I felt. I, I was gonna give it a three five, and then I kind of like thought about it more and was like, I'll I'll dock it a little bit. But it, it was like a good solid episode. It was fun. I like the. Um, I'm trying to think of his name, uh, Michi- uh, Michiko Katsu- Kakutani. I think I like that that storyline is is like going through. I like it when they're like, "This is what's happening this season," and they're keeping a storyline going. And um, and I just, 
stoked we met Harry. Um, it felt like a good, solid, like middle of the season episode. Mm-hmm. But there was, and there were some really, really nice moments, and especially the baby moment and Carrie getting told yeah. off was great. And like the, I think like what you said about how they portrayed Miranda and like the struggle of uh, like new motherhood, especially on her own. We got a Steve moment. Which oh, I always yeah. Loved. Steve, Steve, Steve. But, uh, but yeah, it just felt like it was like, all right, good, good, solid one. No, yeah. no like major fireworks, but yeah. good one. Yeah. You don't yeah. talk about that. We eat wings. Hey, no, look, guys, guys will talk about shit like that. We used to eat wings. But I did hear Nina Katz. Eesh, she talked about <laughs> it. Boy, oh boy. All right, boy, I'm oh going to go hit the court. See, All Carrie. Right. I am working <laughs> on my for bouncing my ball so much. My bad. I just do it the way I get nervous. All right. I'm going to go hit a layout. Well, Courtney, thank you so much right. for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. Where can people find you online? What's the best way to hear um, about what you're doing? Mostly on Instagram, which uh-huh. is just my name, Courtney Peroso. Okay, cool. Uh, and then I'm sort of on Twitter, but not really. I really honestly wouldn't bother to follow me. I'd follow <laughs> me on Instagram. <laughs> uh, not on Twitter, but uh, yeah. Um, and that's where I post about my and shows. And is Pumps, like, are you playing it anywhere? Oh, yeah. I'm going to do, soon? I don't know when this episode will come out, but I'm going to do a festival in Philly on February 7th and then I will be in Chicago and Minneapolis like the last week of March but I'm not sure exactly. Okay, we'll okay. We'll, yeah. it'll, we'll definitely promote the the ones yeah. for um, in Chicago. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I have a lot of friends in Minneapolis. I'm uh, oh, send nice. you where. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um thank you so thank much. You so yeah, much, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at The Bradshaw Boys. And if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.